that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish is officially December. You're wearing a hoodie. Um, you, you got the Christmas music playing in the office. Is that is that what y'all doing over there? Uh, we do got a tree for the first time, so that, that was something I walked into when we got back from Thanksgiving. I was like, "That's that's different." So, <laughs> what, what ornaments go are going on the tree in Dave Campbell's football? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't, uh, there's nothing right now. It's just kind of like a kind of like one of the tree with like lights on it. Okay, um, I was gonna say if y'all have a bear tree in there, I might call the police. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sociopath stuff <laughs> just just a tree, <laughs> just a tree. Uh, <clears throat> but um yeah so we're back on the the two uh two week schedule uh friday and i mean we, we'll we can jump right into it honestly yep. uh because i have a game i really want to talk about but it's not gonna be my first game um but I do want to, because last podcast I said Texas A and M is the best team in Texas, mm-hmm. and then Texas A and M just lost to Virginia, forty-seven to <laughs> fifty-nine. Yeah, but I do want to say, Boots Radford didn't play, mm-hmm. so there's there's one qualifier. But this does raise a a problem, and it ties into what I talked about. What was so good about the team, I guess, but. When you play a team, and I don't remember who tweeted this, one of the college basketball guys I, I follow tweeted this, but there's there's not many players in the country that can really really bother Wade Taylor and like make him look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia has one of those players. Like Reese Beekman's been a good mm-hmm. player for Virginia for multiple years and a great defender. Yeah. Like Virginia took Wade Taylor away, and mm-hmm. it's easier when Boots Radford isn't playing, obviously, but. You know, you hold Wade Taylor to two of ten shooting, five turnovers. AM's not gonna win that game. The question right. to me the question becomes like once you get into SEC play and eventually tournament play, you know, how many of those teams can really take away Wade Taylor? And then the question becomes when you play those teams, can Boots Radford and Henry Coleman and um, you know, the other ancillary pieces do enough to overcome that in those in in those specific games and uh so it was a i don't want to say it was a concerning loss but it was a loss mm-hmm. and a performance that i think showed maybe the the limitations of, of texas a&m potentially i think so um this was henry coleman's first game back so he they did have him to kind of if you want to if you want to take you know radford away and then give them coleman say like that balances out i don't think that's 100 percent accurate but like they did they were you know, they weren't complete. It wasn't just Wade Taylor out there, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also think that Virginia, I mean, they're unranked right now. I think they should be ranked. They had that weird loss to, to Wisconsin that I, I didn't see. Um, but it was like a 20-plus point loss to Wisconsin. But other than that, they've been like vintage Virginia, right? No teams really scored over 70 against them this year, except uh, Florida, which they still won that game. Um, 
And I believe they're second, yeah, they're second in the country for effective field goal percentage on defense, sixth in the country in adjusted efficiency on defense. So they're they're back to being, you know, that yeah. that no middle vintage Tony Bennett defense, um, Virginia. And watching a little bit of this game, I think I think you're right. I, I think it's not a concerning loss because I do think Virginia is probably just a good team. Um I would say that for me, ironically, the defensive I don't know, because a lot of Virginia's shots were like very, like very tough yeah. shots. Like very much like the defense is there. Late There's a, a high arcing hook shot off the glass or like a high arcing floater off the glass where you're just like that. Is that a high percentage shot? You know, um, but conversely, you mentioned it with the offense on for Texas A&M. I think that Wade Taylor was hunting a lot of the time right like uh, i don't think it's i don't think it was a good sign that his first shot was an air ball air ball three um and it was like a badly missed air ball three and he i don't want to say again he, he didn't miss anything like that the rest of the game but it was like he'd look like he was trying to get himself into a rhythm that he just wasn't able to get into yeah and obviously when radford's not there take that off his plate he's kind of has to do that i mean you have the like I have, I mean, the question marks of like on the wing, we'll see. But mm-hmm. can Jace Carter, Hayden Hefner, um, Eli Lawrence, uh, Manuel Basecki, like those guys, can they get consistent production from from that group? And mm-hmm. uh, Hefner's been a great shooter, like I said, going this season. He didn't didn't play great. It was one of nine um, against Virginia. But like those guys have to step up. Um, right. I, I think Henry Coleman's. I know he's been good his whole career, but like this has been a really great start to the season for him when he's been on the court. So mm-hmm. um, that's a positive as well. But I did want to start with that because um, I had to backtrack a little bit. Just, just yeah, hold the rope back <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, a little jump off the jump off the wagon just a little bit here. A little bit. Put, the, put one foot on the ground at least. Yes. Um, all right. I guess I will start. I was deciding between a couple games, but I'm gonna go with. I'm going to pair Texas State together, the men and women, because they both played this past week, and both in interesting matchups. Last night, the men played Texas um, in the Irwin Center, and I texted you. Texas State was up in this game at one point. Um, it, they, I believe they erased a 21-point lead at one point, and I need to emphasize that this is why this, this is – this is more about Texas for this one. And I think the, the women's is going to be more about Texas state in that one. Um, I've mentioned that this Texas state team is going to be fun. I don't think they're going to be very good in terms of record. Yeah. I think they have a lot of players who they're, they're going to be able to build around for the next couple of years. The reason why this is concerning for Texas is this was Texas state's B lineup. Like, like very much far and away their B lineup. Uh, 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 Caden Gums, not healthy. I believe, uh, Oh, I'm forgetting a couple other, but basically they started Brandon Love, uh, Christian Turner, Dante Horn, Jordan Mason, Dylan Dawson, right? So no, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go, why am I blanking on this roster right now? Um, no Drew Drennan, no, um, oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember why they're forgetting their players. Um, oh, the freshman last year. Oh my gosh. Sykes, no Davion Sykes. Uh, he's still coming back from, mm-hmm. from injury. And, they go into the the Moody. I can't believe I said Irwin Center. The Moody Center. Yeah. And they go toe to toe with Texas until finally Dylan Mitchell comes in late and like starts flexing. And then Max Ademus, he remembers that nobody should be able to guard him on this Texas State team. 
and they put them away. But Texas State shoots 41% from the floor against them. They were on the glass like pretty well with them for a team that was undermanned until they pulled away late. Texas has 10. They don't, Texas really doesn't really play that hard of defense against them. Like they, they, they didn't really force many turnovers. Like mm-hmm. they were able to kind of just score with them. And it wasn't like Texas state was like doing this, like team oriented. Oh man, look how well they're moving the ball around. They were just like scoring. Like, let me see. They had, they had four assists. Texas state did like, they weren't like slicing them up with, you know, TJ scheming it. They were just, they were just hooping. And it was like, what like it, it was like it wasn't clicking for me right yeah obviously i'm a tech state alum so like it was cool to see but i'm like from a texas perspective i was like why are they blowing this team out you know mm-hmm. i have a question uh yeah. i wasn't able to watch this game but from the texas i i have seen texas. by the way you weren't able to watch this game because of course they put on the longhorn network which that thing needs to go away i'm sorry <laughs> It's gone after this year. Once they go to the SEC, the SEC was like, "We're yeah, not." But we're not God, I was so I was I was mad because I was like trying to find the game <laughs> on my TV and I didn't have it, and so I had to go and my parents log in. I was like, "Oh my God, we just this is stupid <laughs> TV provider." And then yeah, um, so like I think a bigger question, bigger picture question for Texas. Obviously, we've had questions about the defensive side of the ball, right? We've been like, "All right, can Rodney Terry's team play defense?" You know, last year's twenty twenty two, they were thirteenth in the country in defense. Um, I'm sorry, they were 14th two years ago, 13th last year. Mm-hmm. This year they're 43rd now through seven games. And I think one of the stats that's the most apparent to me is there, and it kind of speaks to what you're saying about Texas State, even though I wasn't able to watch the game, is they don't make teams uncomfortable in that way, right? With the right. Louisville game, right. right? They didn't make Louisville uncomfortable at all. Um, right. UConn to a degree. Like turnover wise, the last two years, they've been in the top 15 in turnover percentage on defense both years or it was 15 mm-hmm. first this year they're 148th and they haven't even got the conference play yet so right. and they have marquette next so it's like all right is the defense going to be you know in the 50s somewhere in that range like that's good enough to get you to probably what a five seed in the tournament six seed in the tournament but yeah. the offense is not good enough to blow teams out um when you're allowing 75 80 points like 80 points to louisville um 81 to connecticut i mean heck it was barely enough to blow out texas state um so uh yeah i'm interested to see how they do against marquette on uh wednesday so five days from now but the defensive side of the ball is always going to be what we talk about with uh with this texas team yep Uh, i believe texas they had eight players suited out basically for (laughs) for that game and they all played so uh yeah uh sticking with the other side oh, i mentioned yeah. the women's side texas state I, I we had no idea what this team was going to be this year from the women's side mm-hmm. uh they beat utsa in overtime 65 57 of course i've kind of sounded the alarm on utsa um, not really knowing when jordan jenkins is coming back yep. she's still not playing but this is a utsa team that's still shown to take a step forward this year i talked to somebody was talking to people close to the tech state program saying basically candidly like we don't know like before the season started we're like we don't know when this team's gonna click mm-hmm. like they're good players and like it's just you're just jamming a bunch of new pieces together basically um to me jefferson i mean shout out houston christian um yes, she came in highest leading score in the game 15 points and yeah this i mean whether this is the moment where it clicks for all of them or what i don't know but this it was a, it was a huge game for them huge win for them um 
I, I, I'm going to choose to, again, there's still an asterisk next to UTSA with like no Jordan Jenkins, but that's kind of starting to be part of the problem. Um, if this is just the team they have to work with now, but regardless, I'm going to, I'm going to look at it more as a positive for Texas state. Cause this is a pretty big, uh, pretty big win for them early in the season. They're four and two now. Yeah. Um, shout out to Texas state. Um, like you said, we've covered UTSA before. Yeah. It's kind of, it is what it is right now. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a, you know, this is probably in the American, uh, maybe trying to push to like the middle of the pack or maybe like five to seven range sure, without, sure. Um, without Jordan Jenkins. The hope is with Jordan Jenkins, they're pushing top four, top three, right. somewhere in that range because of the, you know, perceived uh, parity in that league right now. So yeah, that's shot Texas state. Shout out to coach D. Yep. All right, this is the game I really wanted to talk about. Okay. I watched this this morning because I had to see if the eye test matched up with everything I saw. Okay. And it did. It absolutely did. Tarleton State men beat Stephen F. Austin. Mm. 8 to 66. By the way, we should mention, uh, this is without Billy Gillespie, who's on medical leave right now. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, yeah. Continue. Uh, I just wanted to add that emphasis yep. to it. Yep. No Billy Gillespie. Um, hope he's hope everything is okay with him. So I wanted to see what this looked like. What the what tech what Tarleton State winning this game looked like. Sure, sure. And it we we beat it down every time we talk about Tarleton State, but it's absolutely worth talking about. I can't believe what I watch when I watch Tarleton State. I have a forty second clip. I'll send it to you after this podcast. I have a okay. forty second clip. And yeah, I skipped that through like, you know, the the between foul calls, but mm-hmm. it's really like foul, turnover, steal, foul, turnover. Oh, it's beautiful. Between the two teams. And I couldn't like in a five possession stretch, that was basketball. Oh, Just like beautiful. early in the first half, too. And I was like, this is it. So Tarleton State, yeah. you know, you watch them, it feels like they're double teaming on every possession. Okay. Posts, like uh, just a ball screen, anything. They're trapping almost like 80% of the time, but SFA looked like they figured it out, right? SFA, um, I thought, you know, they come back in the first half and then eventually take the lead in the second half. It looked like they figured it out because they're generating enough open threes. Um, they end the game only shooting five of 20 from three, but like they were generating some decent looks. They just couldn't really make them. And then eventually Tarleton just, I thought offensively for Tarleton, my biggest takeaway was they are a team that knows exactly what they are. And late in the game when they needed buckets, they just drove right through the opponent's chest Mm. and got to the rim or got fouled. And, I mean, this is – it was an impressive win, a road win for Tarleton State nonetheless. A road conference win on December 1st – or on November – was it November 28th? Yeah. 29th. November 29th um, to make them 1-0 in conference play. And um, so, yeah, shout out to Tarleton. This was a really uh, fun – an impressive uh, win from them. I like that. No, I like that. Um, definitely, with like I said, without their without their head coach, I was trying to find the name of their interim in his stead because uh, it's a former A and M player. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. But um, let me see. But yeah, I, the news came out early this week that uh, Billy Gillespie was going to be away from the team. Um, from what we hear, the minor. What was that? I think it was Joseph Jones. Yes, 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 Joseph Jones, uh, AM and uh, Hall of Famer. Um, from what we're being told, it's a minor medical procedure. Just take some time to, to recover yeah. from him. So, like you said, hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, but, yeah, like like you said, like it just shows how 
the style is the style and the brand is the brand and, and that's and that's the way they play i love it um if you're not watching if you're not taking the time taking your time to just check out this team again they're i mentioned texas state they're not gonna be very good but they can be fun like tarleton's gonna be pretty solid like they're gonna be a, and they're gonna be fun so uh if you have a chance definitely check out this men's team for yeah. for tarleton yeah and it's like sfa is gonna be kicking itself you know, five of 20 from three. I thought a lot of those looks were good. 17 yeah. of 26 from the line, you know, 17 turnovers, but that's kind of just what you get when you play against this Tarleton team. And a lot of those turnovers were live ball turnovers too. Like Tarleton mm. is getting steals, not just, you know, forced like travels and stuff. Like they're actually getting steals, which is really big for them. So mm. good win. Okay. Um. All right. I'm going to go with Texas women's now because I'm – I need them to play a team of their caliber <laughs> yep. Yep. because they blew who they blow out recently. Oral um, Roberts, I know recently. Let's see. I had their schedule up, but the, I was I was looking at the box score and decided to watch a couple of the clips because again, Longhorn Network, awesome. Thanks, love watching games on there. Um, Oral Roberts, so they blew out Oral Roberts, yeah. one twelve to seventy four. <laughs> Taylor Jones went eleven of eleven from the field. Yeah, like like, and it was like. It was the ultimate like eleven and eleven where she's literally just taller than everyone. <laughs> like where it's just like it's one of the things where you're, like you're playing against like you know you're the your older brother or something's just like playing against you and you're just like all right let me just put the ball up here and like mm-hmm. just put it in the rim. Um, I'll say this, Madison Booker, I'm falling more in love with her game every single time I see her. Because she's like bringing the ball up the floor, she's like spotting up from three, and I'm trying to figure out like what position she is because like she's listed as a forward, but she can play a she can play on the wing a little bit, and that's terrifying because like I said, she was bringing there was one three where she was like she literally brought the ball up the floor and just said screw it and just chucked a three and just swished it, and I'm like. Are you yeah. adding that right now? And it's not even December yet. Are we just like letting her, letting a freshman forward bring up the ball and just like let her jump jacket from three? Uh, she finished eight of nine. Again, this team looks excellent, but I'm sorry. I need them to play somebody good because I need to be able to figure out what this team actually is. Um, I love that they're killing these teams. They should be. That's part of why I think they are really good and that's legit. Yeah. But they get UConn, and I, that game could not be coming up any sooner because I desperately need to see this team against somebody against uh, of their caliber. Separate point: um, this freshman class is incredible. It's so good, man. Yeah, like you're down. We're down. Like Booker was number twelve player. Fool Wiley for South Carolina was number thirteen player. Right. Um, go down the list. I mean, Chloe Kitts playing for South Carolina. Um, what was the Notre Dame girl that I'm I'm blanking on? Oh, uh, Hannah Hidalgo. Yes. Yeah, yep. Awesome. Obviously, then you have the top two, Juju Watkins and Michaela Williams. So, uh, yeah, awesome freshman class. Uh, I don't have anything to add on that. I like I said, I'm just waiting, waiting to see. Yeah, I was just watching the game and I'm just like, the, it, it hit me where I was like, oh my god, like somebody like they're just like it's that Simpsons clip of. Uh, of crusty watching the the globetrotters is like he's spinning the ball in your face just take it like and that, that's what this team is doing like you're just like oh you know what we're just, you know what why not yeah you get 11 of 11 today taylor jones um i have a result that i wanted to talk about okay and it is the baylor women's mm. beating mm-hmm. smu 85 to 61 and i'm curious kind of from a big picture scope well two things first 
Bella Fonroy and Darion and Page Bugs leading the team in shot attempts. Like again, like they have continued to be they've like built off what they did last year. And now obviously you have just more talent around them with Dream mm-hmm. Edwards and Jada Walker and Asia Blackwell. But like this is getting to the point where I'm I you can't really deny the offensive versatility this team has and yeah. the different ways they come at you. It's very, very it's balanced to the point where I'm looking at the top 10 in the country, top 10 teams in the country. Like, okay, maybe Texas can, can be versatile in a similar way, mm-hmm. but like UConn now with, um, AZ foot, what? Yeah. AZ FUD's out for the year. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just watched Virginia tech get beat by LSU and they have basically two players. Like I like Colorado's balance. There's one, but like Colorado, LSU, Texas, Baylor. Um, that's kind of the group that I'm putting in there that I think that's probably the five to 10 best teams in the country. Like they're somewhere in that range. So it's, um, it's starting to get real interesting for Baylor. I don't have their schedule up. Um, but let me, let me get that right now. Let me see. I have, Oh, sorry. Um, Oregon, Oregon on Sunday, Delaware state, Miami. That's, that's a good game too. So a couple of decent games here, uh, South Florida, um, to round out the non-conference so yeah a couple of solid games we'll see how they do it feels like their whole schedule has just been a bunch of like good games to mm-hmm. to feel them out but we'll see they start off conference play with texas game that'll one. be yeah that'll be a very fun one um what i do love about dariana little page bugs is she's last year we saw her like it was very similar to the janaya barker thing where like you see her do stuff if she can just clean it up Right, she's playing a lot of minutes. She's getting a lot of looks. She's getting a lot of uh, uh, valuable experience. But if you could just clean up some of the small parts of her game, you see the potential, like to be, you know, a, a future star. And like she's she's doing that. Like she's she's not scoring more, but she's scoring more efficiently. And she just looks like she knows exactly where to get to her spots. What's she up in? Yeah, she's up in her field goal percentage this year from decently what was she like 49 50 to 56 now um obviously that helps playing with other players around you that that give you better looks they're rebounding just like overall as a team is just really really good right now i believe they're let's see what's their rebounding they're seventh in the country in defensive rebounding rate right now because and we this was this was something that we've been kind of wondering you know when they lose the 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 nalissa smiths and all that and you know kim mulkey who's who was always so uh, adamant and still adamant about like size and size and dominating that way. Like, okay, what happens if you don't get those type of recruits anymore? Was like, okay, you just add like Dreana Edwards, Asia Blackwell, Darian Little Page Bugs, Bella Fauntleroy. Like, those are none of those players are big and they're all averaging like over almost over five rebounds, right? And then you add guard rebounds like, um, like Yaya Felder, three rebounds. Uh, Madison Bartley, or she's a forward, but Madison Bartley, five or two and a half. And then you add Sarah Andrews adding two. Like they're so team oriented to where, like, yeah, you're not going to have a Nalissa Smith grabbing 12 boards a game, but everybody else is going to be able to contribute in that way. And that's kind of making up for the fact that they're not going to be a big team. Um, and they're probably going to have to, I mean, that's why Texas is such a good matchup for them because, like, they're they're obviously going to be undersized in that game, but I think they have the backcourt versatility to be able to challenge Texas on that, on going at that defense offensively. So I don't know. I think this team, these teams are like perfect opposites of each other. And that's kind of why I would love to see. Um, I'm very excited that that's going to be the first big 12 game for both of them. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, 
All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, we had some two two very interesting losses on the women's side. Um, I'm gonna choose because we haven't talked about them this year. I'm gonna choose to sound the alarm on UTA. Oh, wait. Has the alarm not been sounded? Listen. Wait, aren't they like one in seven? They're one in six now after a 94 <laughs> to 76 loss to ACU. Yeah. Um, the reason why, I, look, I'm just going to, the reason why we haven't talked about that much and the reason why I hadn't sounded the alarm is just because like I, I saw the schedule, you know, tech blow loss to Texas. They lost close to UTSA. You're like, okay, put that, you know, it's, it's concerning, but like put it over here in the little box, right? Mm-hmm. 94 to 76 against ACU. Um, this is a peer program. Like yeah. this is a team that you should be beating, expecting to be competing with. Like, and it, it, it I, I, I'm gonna do what you do with Rice last year. I'm gonna start digging, and I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pat, put him in the box. I'm gonna pat, pat the dirt. It, it's, mm-hmm. it might be over. Um, yeah. I'm it, it's even more disappointing because like Avery Brittingham's actually having a pretty good year for them. Mm-hmm. Uh 13 points, eight rebounds a game. Um but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's done. I think we're gonna have to have a, some discussions uh this offseason about where they where they go because the men's program looks like they're turning a corner and yeah, yeah women's program looks like it's fallen behind now. Sharika uh, Wright, it's, it's looking shaky. I knew um I mean I watched I knew it was over when they lost to Lamar by 17. I watched that. I watched that Lamar game. Yeah. I think that was the first time I brought up Lamar was like after that game. Yeah. But um, yeah, that coincided. Yeah. And then now you have Grand Canyon, Colorado as your next two games. I think Sam Houston probably beats them. I, I, I don't know where the wins really come from here because then the wax not very easy either. So nope. yeah, it's going to be a rough, rough sledding, rough sledding for, for UTA. But we'll do a quick search. What's star Jacobs up to at, at Pine Bluff? I legitimately don't know. Probably- 18 points and nine rebounds. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's probably playing tough competition in Pine Bluff non-conference, yeah. right? Yeah, she's played. They lost to SFA in overtime. Uh, they lost by nine to New Mexico State. They beat ACU. Oh, my God. Hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. This is – no, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. This is last year. They don't have – ESPN does not have their updated schedule. That's awesome. Great job, guys. Um, let's see. They've lost to – they played Clemson, Mississippi State, Tulsa and overtime they lost. Oregon, <laughs> Oregon State. Yeah. yeah, they played really tough competition. Yeah. So, yeah, and she's still hooping. So, shout out Star Jacobs. She's she's good, man. She's good. She's gonna. She might be. I mean, I'd put money on her to be swag player of the year. So anyway, yeah, Barry a UTA. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't have any. Well. I have results here. I don't have. Oh, I didn't see any other. I didn't. But I'm like. I wasn't really? able to watch this game. Yeah. But there, some somebody has to tell me what the heck happened to UTEP and why UTEP lost to AM Corpus Christi on the men's side. Yeah, I was watching. I didn't see much. I didn't see this game very closely. I was gonna rewatch it today. Um, did you see the last possession of this game? The last they they didn't they weren't able to get a shot off. Like it was like it was very mm-hmm. it was very bad um uh yeah i don't know i feel like this is gonna be because of how well utep started the year i kind of want to put this over here but then you gotta add the context of like this is like a totally new 
Texas A&M Corpus Christi roster to where yeah, we like, don't know this, what this, this should have been a comfortable win for them. Yeah, we don't know what this A&M Corpus Christi team is, but we know it's not. I mean, they just lost to they just lost to Long Island, right? And of course, Corpus Christi did. Like, I was literally, I was fine with putting Corpus Christi to the side this year, at least until conference play. Sure, sure, let them get say, their All right, bearings. Yeah, let's wait until conference play, and then you know we'll we'll see what they got here. I, you know, lost to Northern Kentucky, lost to uh, Long Island. I mean, had I one think of, it might just be. I mean, twenty-one turnovers for UTEP. Tay Hardy looked like he had one of his worst, probably his worst game of the year so far. Um, yeah, I. I Oh, look, he was he was also in foul trouble. I'll see that. I'll say that too. It looks like he was in. He had four fouls, so Corey Camper had to play twenty four minutes. Um, so I, I feel like it might have just been like one of those games where they get out of rhythm, their best player is not able to stay on the floor, and it's just like kind of a cascade of errors because he does initiate their offense, and it's like if he's out, um, I said Tay Hardy. I said Zid Powell. Sorry, I meant Zid Powell. Zid Powell, um, Zid Powell and, and uh, Solomon uh, Calvin Solomon both had four fouls, so like. There goes two of your better players, and all of a sudden you're kind of – I don't know. I think it's it's a bad loss, don't get me wrong, but I think it might just be one of those games where things just don't go right. Tay Hardy's not hitting uh, Zid Powell's in foul trouble. So, yeah, it is. It was a, I'm going to rewatch this one later and see if there's anything more concerning. But, yeah, that, that that's one that stood out to me too. Yeah. A&M Corpus Christi goes 22 of 30 at the free throw line. Um, yeah, that that's just – I I was ready to kind of crown UTEP, I guess, for the non-conference. As to, in terms of one, through however many games it was, um, I understand you know lost to Bradley by four, lost mm-hmm. to Laurel and Marymount, cool. But this should have been a get-right game here. Yeah. Um, and then you have a, a you know JUCO D two game against Western New Mexico, and then you have Oregon, um, and Abilene Christian. So I don't know. It's yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a concerning loss. Yeah, one of the other, I'm trying to think. The other couple of results, I didn't see this one. Did, did you see what happened to Houston? What's up with that? Women's. Oh, women's. I did have that. I had that result written down. I didn't 70 to 45? Well, let's, let's I get middle, middle's good. Middle's middle a good team. Is. Middle's a good team. But that's still, like, they were, I mean, I mean, this is also partially uh, probably a detriment of the, or a, a, a downside of their schedule. They played just like an awful, disgusting schedule, Houston, uh, where they've just been destroying teams. <laughs> um, and so finally they run into a team that's top 25 caliber and they just get stonewalled. Um, I don't know. That was that that was just a little concerning to me. It's like, man, well, that's, a, that's the first loss you take is 70 to 45. Well, the thing is, is this Houston team the last couple of years is very like when they lose, it feels like they lose pretty badly or at yeah. least the offense can go in stretches like this where they shoot 29.8 percent from the that's game true for the game like it, yeah i'm looking last was, year uh when they lost in the tournament to east carolina was, they scored 44 yeah. uh they lost to memphis earlier in the year they scored 44 <laughs> yeah like that's that's when i saw this result i was like damn that's a shame but it didn't shock me because yeah houston has these games where they even though you add you know you know you have layla blair and naya boyd as your backboard now so you hope those that doesn't really happen as much mm-hmm. it just kind of is what this team and program is at this point so um yeah yeah they're gonna have these random games where you you give up 70 points and you can't score 50 so um that's interesting interesting middle tennessee though played six players four of them played 40 minutes one played 32 so i don't know their roster situation at middle tennessee yeah i know they're a very good team but uh yeah that's just 
that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, seriously. Um, last little hint, uh, or last little thing for me, uh, Bailey Malpen, 17 points a game right now. Boom, they have their player. Four, uh, yeah. four and a half rebounds, almost four assists a game. They have their initiator, they have their point guard, they have their playmaker, they have their go-to player. There we go. And they're 8-0 eight, uh, eight right now. Yeah, shout out to them. Uh, two other results real quick. UTSA men's beats Lamar 86-83, to good for them. Uh, Texas Tech men's loses to Butler in overtime. Mm-hmm. And then uh, SMU men's loses to Dayton by two. So, so I was about to say, I, I think I'm I'm still very optimistic on, on SMU. I think that kind of like... What is very optimistic for SMU? I think they were projected to come in seventh or in the in the conference, right? Sixth, Something seventh, like eighth. I think North Texas was sixth, so they were yeah. seventh or eighth. Right. Dayton's good. Dayton like, is good. Dayton's good. Like, I'll say this. I think – I really do think that that defense is going to keep them – I think they may finish – I would pick them to finish higher than seventh right now. As right of now right now. The, right now they're the fourth highest ranked team in Ken Palm on, yeah. um, in the American. It's FAU, Memphis. Like fourth or fifth. I think that's not crazy. I, I agree. Yeah. You know, like literally after the top two in the American, FIU and Memphis, Yeah, you could put them in any way. Like North Texas, SMU, Tulane. Yes. Um, I mean, I think UAB is taking a step back a bit. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know if they're in quite in this discussion. Wichita State, I don't know anything about. But Kim right. has the top 100. So throw them in there but like compared that, to where we were compared to where we were with them mid-november i'm oh. i'm I, this team plays defense and that's going to keep them in so many games i just think they're going to be an awful offensive team which is fine like i just think that's the way they that's the way they are um but defensively i think they're going to be re- zurich phelps i'm giving i'm not giving up on him i'm giving up on him being the efficient kendrick davis disciple right um <laughs> but he's going to be good enough to get them points when they need it so what game was it it was it was wisconsin it was wisconsin i watched there with yeah. wisconsin where he had four threes in the first half yeah and like one of them was banked and like the other ones were like off balance just kind of throwing <laughs> yeah. them up and makes them and i was like yeah. oh my gosh his percentage is gonna go like way up yeah well he's currently now nine for 36 from 25 percent, and that includes four makes in the first half against wisconsin so you take out that half of basketball and he's like five of 30 so i don't I don't really trust oh, him. Here. Look, I mean, it, part of this has been like adjusting my own in, because usually when I watch, well, I'm used to watching SMU and having a good time, right? <laughs> Win or lose, having a good time. I'm not having a good time, but they're winning more and they're playing better, but it's not necessarily fun to watch. So that's part of why I'm having to adjust my own expectations because I'm like, I used to be able to turn on an SMU game and be like, I'm going to be entertained. They can lose by 20. I don't care. I'm going to have fun. Now it's like they could win by 20 and I will be like, that was miserable. <laughs> Why did I watch that? <laughs> um, Funny stats from, from SMU. They are yeah. fourth in country defensively, 20, 20th in the country in effective field goal percentage defense. You say, okay, well, how are they 64th in the country then? It's because they are 330th in defensive rebounding. <laughs> They're not a very big team. <laughs> so they are not great getting rebounds, but you've, you say, okay, well, they can't offensive rebound either. No, nope. They're 28th in the country in offensive rebounding. Okay. So don't ask me how that works. You think you would want defensive rebounds before offensive rebounds, but Rob Lanier has found a glitch in the matrix. I was about to say, man. This is, this I want offensive rebounds and not defensive rebounds. This is some so, impressive stuff here. So I don't just want to throw that out there. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to some games that we're going to look forward to this weekend. Obviously, the headline is going to be Texas versus UConn um that is on sunday on the women's side um that'll be i mean i could 
I, I hate to schedule for Bruni here, but that's probably going to be the bulk of our next episode is just taking everything from that that game yes. uh, just because it'll be our first real... We've been waiting. Yes, yes, our first real test for Texas. A game that without AZ FUD... I, I don't, see, favorite is hard because like UConn's still UConn. But like, would you say favorite? Texas should win, yeah. Texas, Texas, okay. Texas. okay, let's say it. Texas should win this game without AZ FUD. Um, with their depth in the front court, I think they have the matchups there. So... Yep. That'll that'll that's obviously the headline of this weekend. So yeah, that's the one that I'm gonna have my eyes on Sunday. Scrolling through the men's side, I'll let you look through the women's side for yeah. anything more. But um, Houston plays Xavier tonight. I believe they're nine point favorites mm-hmm. on the men's side. So that you know, we'll see if they can take care of business. Um, in that regard, TCU men plays at Georgetown on the road. I don't, I haven't seen Georgetown this year. They are better. Yeah, they're that, better. But... They're not great. But... Okay, so TCU should take care of that. Then you have another. We have more whack basketball games, both men and women. There's for there's this double header almost in the early December and November mm-hmm. where they play conference games, two conference games, in the middle of the non-conference schedule. So on the men's side, SFA plays Abilene Christian hmm. in Abilene, conference game right there, and um, yeah, so we'll see if they can get up off the mat. Um, trying to see if there's any other. Uh, whack games uta plays grand canyon uh yeah so okay i'm trying to think i'm not seeing any other marquee games on the women's side uh acu play oh acu plays sfa that'll be a good one that's an interesting one that one's on saturday um yeah two o'clock so that one's at sfa they're both four and two so That'll be one I'll keep my I'll keep my eye on. Uh, UTEP at UTSA on the women's side. Um, that's kind of a fascinating one as well. So UTSA uh, should on, win that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should. Um, and that one I believe is at UTSA. Yeah, that one's at UTSA. And then oh, Oregon at Baylor on Sunday as well. So that's that's a big one. Too. There we go. All right. All right. We'll be back to being a, a Big Twelve podcast. How we <laughs> how we should be. Oh, Kansas and T- Texas A&M also Sunday. I'm just now getting to these matchups, so that's an interesting one too. Texas A&M should win that one, but still, yeah, A&M should win that game. Kansas isn't bad, but they're not like they're not top twenty five good. Right, right. So all right, there you go. Well, there you go. Um, we will be back on Tuesday. Yeah. To recap all that. Um, but yeah. Thank you all for joining us. Enjoy y'all's uh, conference championship weekend on the football side. Uh, high school football, what, state semi-quarters, regional uh, finals? Regional finals. Region finals weekend. So I guess um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're looking at the big bracket, it's technically the quarterfinals, I guess you would you would look at so it. So the Elite Eight. There you go. Yeah, the Elite Eight. The Elite Eight of the, uh, of the high school football playoffs. Uh, but yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, and uh, thank y'all for joining us on the audio side as well. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter, DCT Basketball, at Matthew Bruni underscore, and at Ishmael R. Johnson. And we will talk to y'all later.